Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's a new voice starting you off this week doing this intro, as Harry is unfortunately unable to record, so I'll be doing this episode alone. I'm recording this just a few hours after United's 2 0 home draw against Arsenal at Old Trafford. Not the worst result in the world against an admittedly decent side, uh, but definitely not the pick up we were looking for after yet another disappointing draw out the weekend away at Southampton. In this episode, I'm going to uh, keep it brief because I know you guys don't want to listen to our usual 30-40 minute episode just of my voice uh, talking at you the whole time. So I'll keep it kind of brief, uh, run through my thoughts on the Arsenal game, a few things on the Southampton game and of course take you through our usual loan and youth roundup as well. So let's just jump straight into it, uh, into the Arsenal game from today. Overall, I thought it wasn't the worst performance that we've put in this season, uh, although that's an admittedly pretty low bar from what we've seen throughout the rest of the year. I thought we started really well, actually. I really, really enjoyed watching the first 10-15 minutes. I thought we came out really aggressively. We really pressed Arsenal, put them under a lot of pressure. We were forcing mistakes. I think that was exactly the right thing to do. You know, we know that Arsenal are a side that love to pass the ball around. They love to control the game, move the ball quickly through uh, defence and midfield. And we really didn't let them settle in the first uh, 10-15-20 minutes. thought we had a really positive start. The front three were pressing really, really high. Herrera was doing his classic one-man press as well, um, but because the front three were pressing it, it ended up working. It wasn't just him running out of position like a headless chicken. And I thought we started off well. We were we didn't really create much on the ball, but we didn't let Arsenal settle. We definitely dominated the game. Obviously, the, the, the first Arsenal goal was, was a hammer blow and really killed a lot of the momentum we had. It came after a period of five minutes or so where Arsenal were, were starting to build build some more momentum. And I think ultimately our our poor defending cost us not just for that goal and in the build up to it but pretty much for the entire game i thought overall defending was pretty shaky for the whole game despite having five five defenders on the pitch the whole time um especially diego dalo i thought in his first premier league start struggled 
immensely uh, on that right side. Arsenal were trying to overload quite a lot down that flank, but I think Darlo going forward, it seems like he has a lot of potential, but defensively still has a lot to learn. He didn't look comfortable in defence. He didn't really know how to deal with a lot of the overlapping runs. Um, and there were some times in the second half, one one time uh, in particular where, I can't remember who, it might have been um, Kolasinac who got down on the left flank and Darlow was just kind of kind of ambling around on the edge of the box and Smalling had to come over and, and block his attempted cross. Uh, that really stuck out to me as, as Darlow just not really having the defensive know-how yet at this stage of his career. Um, so it was a little bit of a setback for me in, in Darlow's progression, but I'm not too worried. He's still very young and going forward, he still contributed some some nice things. He uh, had some nice early runs and when he and Rashford linked up. His end product wasn't as good as it has been in his past games, but... Like I said, I'm not too worried about uh, about his development. This is just one bad game after all. The the defence in a whole, as a whole even, I think still has a lot to work on. As I said, despite having five defenders on the pitch, we looked like Arsenal could cut us open at any point, pretty much every time they went forward uh, from about 20 minutes onwards. We looked very, very shaky. Um, some really poor individual mistakes, obviously. The one for Arsenal's second goal, goal by Rojo stands out. Him losing the ball about 35 yards out from his own goal. Um, there were a, a few of his classic lunging tackles as well as he came in. I didn't think he did too badly for the rest of the game individually, but as a unit, the back five just didn't really work. The one lone bright spot that I thought there was from the back five was Bailly coming back and having a very, very good game. Um, despite the unit as a whole not really functioning as we would have liked, I thought whenever Bailly was called upon in a one-on-one situation, he was very, very good. Uh, he really did a good job against Aubameyang, who's one of the toughest strikers to play against in the Premier League, especially at the moment in the, with the form that he's in. I think Bailly dealt with him exceptionally well. Um, he 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 really uh, he really stopped Aubameyang from putting any in, in any runs down the side. And the one time Aubameyang uh, did get in and, and probably should have scored, it was nothing nothing to do with Bailly. It was it was quite a strange game at times because I th- I felt the quality in the game was was really poor for long stretches. I think. It was indicative of, of both teams kind of not being perhaps the, the strongest teams in the league right now. I think, especially in our case, you know, we, we played at the sort of level we have been playing at. And I think arguably Arsenal sort of played down to us at times. Um, it wasn't it wasn't a terrible performance. I'm, I'm having quite a hard time really coming up with a way of describing the performance because it definitely wasn't the worst performance. If, I, if I'm looking at this in the context of the rest of this season... There's not too much to be that disappointed about. I think a point is not the worst result against a, an Arsenal team that are in good form. I think this is now 20 unbeaten for them. And, I, you know, compared to some of the performances we've seen recently, this definitely wasn't as, as bad as some of those. You know, you only have to go back to last weekend at St Mary's against Southampton to find a much worse performance. However, I think if we're thinking about this, maybe not just in terms of the context of this season, but in terms of the kind of level we want to see United playing at. This definitely, this still wasn't good enough. Going forward, we we just lack cohesion so badly. And tonight was a perfect example of that. You saw Arsenal as they went forward. Pretty much every time they brought the ball forward, they looked like they were capable of scoring. They looked like they were capable of breaking us down very, very easily. Whereas realistically, it took a terrible mistake by Kolasinac and you know, mopping up a rebound from a free kick that should have been cleared for us to get our two goals. We never really looked like threatening that much. Rashford had a couple of pot shots, um, one of them from like 40 yards pretty much, which was a pretty ridiculous effort. Um, And, you know, we tested Leno a couple of times through those, but we never had any opportunities where you think, oh, we definitely should have scored that. You know, we were unlucky not to get anything from that. Overall, 
for me, the performance wasn't terrible, but it wasn't great. I think if I was going to run through some positives, I mentioned a couple of them already, by having a good game. I think Herrera did a pretty good job in midfield too. Um, he wasn't great on the ball, and that isn't really Herrera's role. When he plays, he's not the creative kind of midfielder. He is there more to kind of break up the play and be a, a, a defensive presence alongside Matic. And I thought he played that role very well. As much as I've criticised Herrera for the way he defends, and he, in that he's very gung-ho, he likes these sort of one-man presses. He didn't really do that too much tonight, and um, or yeah, tonight. And I think oh, he, he did pretty well, especially in the second half, he did okay when a lot of the team around him were tiring and Arsenal were kind of cutting us open really, really easily. He was still breaking up the play and doing a pretty good job in midfield. In the first half, I think the, the way that we played early on, pressing Arsenal really high up suited Herrera, and I think he, he played off that really well. He was the one often coming in and breaking up the play, nicking the ball away from Torreira or Ramsey as, as they received the ball from the centre-backs. I think Herrera played that role well. On the flip side, again, I've mentioned the defence already, so I won't go into that again. Um, Darlo, Darlo really was a standout for me in terms of having a poor performance. I thought the, the team selection by Jose was interesting. I think we were all probably quite disappointed that uh, that Pogba didn't start was the, was the big one. I, I personally don't really see the logic behind that. I, I get that Mourinho is probably trying to make a point to Pogba in, um, and I know that that's something that Mourinho will try and do. And admittedly, Pogba's form hasn't been great recently. But as I've said before on this podcast, it does just seem that there's some double standards around different players in the squad because if Pogba genuinely was dropped on form, which I don't necessarily think is would be the wrong decision because he hasn't played well recently, um, then... But if that is the case and he was dropped on form, you're looking around at our team and thinking, well, why haven't the likes of Matic, Smalling, Darmian, um, you know, Rashford even, why haven't all, all of those players been dropped this season? Especially in the case of Matic, who has been, I would even go as far to say, potentially our worst player this season and continued that again tonight when he was very, very poor against Arsenal. You look at that and say, well, why hasn't he been dropped? If Pogba's getting dropped after two or three bad games in which... He wasn't up to his usual standards, but I wasn't, wouldn't say he was anywhere near the worst player on our team. Why haven't the likes of Matic been dropped when they've been poor pretty much all season? Um, and I, again, I've said that before on this podcast, and I'll keep saying it. I, it does seem like there's double standards for Mourinho towards certain players, and I don't really understand why, because Matic and Pogba are both very important players to the, to the role that we play. I get that we maybe don't have a ready-made replacement for Matic, but... We also don't really have a ready-made replacement for Pogba. And to bring that back to the negative on in the on the night as a whole, I think we we really, really lacked cohesion in midfield. We really struggled to move the ball through the team without just going long. You could see it from the first five or ten minutes when we did have control of the game a lot of the time, but we really struggled to move the ball from defence to midfield to attack. There was no one with the ability of carrying the ball forward and linking that play. One of the issues with playing five at the back or I guess three at the back as it was, and then playing with three out-and-out forwards in Lingard, Martial and Rashford as we did tonight, is that you are quite limited in midfield and we only had two players in the centre of the park. And even though we didn't really get um, sort of outmanned in, in midfield by Arsenal, by Torreira and Ramsey, we did struggle to move the ball effectively. Most of the attacks that we managed to create came from either going wide very early to Darlow and Darmian or just going long and hoping that we pick up a knockdown. Um, that was exactly what happened for our for our second goal, where we go long from kickoff uh, with one of Rojo's signature 50-yard hoofs up, up the field that he just loves to do and, and came back tonight for the first time in ages and continued to hoof the ball 50 yards up, up the pitch. Um, and that is exactly how we had to play a lot of the time because we didn't have 
the player in midfield who was capable of linking the defence and the attack in the way that Pogba would have been able to do. There were a few moments as well where I thought we played in a very indicative way of what our season has been as a whole so far. It was just some really negative moments in this uh, towards the end of the second half when we just got back into the game uh, after scoring Martial's goal. We, we, were, we weren't dominating the game, but we had some sort of control and Arsenal definitely weren't threatening us. Herrera picks up the ball in a really good position, uh, probably about 10 yards back from, from the corner of the penalty box. And you're thinking, all right, put a ball in the box or, you know, try and try and make a uh, player 1-2 with, with, with Darlow out wide. You know, try and create something from that situation. And when there wasn't anything on immediately, he turns back and he played the ball all the way back to, I think it was Bailly back on... Uh, oh, no, sorry, it wasn't. He, he tried to play the ball back to um, to Smalling and it got intercepted. And Arsenal went on the counter-attack. And I think Matic ended up picking up a yellow card uh, for pulling back Aubameyang and stopping the counter-attack. And even even if that pass had worked out back to Smalling, I just think it's so indicative of the way that we're playing at the moment. We seem to be extremely scared of, of pulling off risky things. And uh, it, it really doesn't help us going forward. We're already very... Uh, sort of undynamic and really not fluid going forward and that kind of mentality of just not risking anything and being quite negative is really not helping us kind of overcome the shortcomings that we have going forward I think in some senses and it's sort of almost a paradox when when your players aren't in the best form you maybe don't have the best quality up front which I don't think we do in in a front three of Rashford, Martial and Lingard Martial really is the only one of those three you'd say has pretty good end product Sometimes you do have to have take a bit more risk going forward and create more clear cut opportunities, not not these half chances that we might expect an informed a Lukaku when he's on form to to be putting away every time. So that that just about sums up the Arsenal game. I think you can kind of tell from the mixed reactions of United fans tonight about how tough it is kind of to judge that game because in the context of the season, it's not the worst result, but it still wasn't a very good performance, and it's not going to do anything to appease um, the fans who are, are very adamantly Jose out, which I think probably includes most United fans at the moment. But to quickly move on, um, to talk a little bit about the Southampton game at the weekend, yet another thoroughly disappointing performance. I mean, to be 2-0 down to Southampton was a disgrace, to be quite honest with you. There's no, there's not really any other way that I can, I can describe it. It was an awful performance in that first half. We were quite lucky, I thought, to get back into the game. The start was terrible and it was so frustrating because just after two or three minutes, the same thing I said after the Palace game, after just two or three minutes, you you could see the pattern of the game being set up. We were being very, very negative, sitting back, allowing Southampton to come on to us and we just give these smaller teams confidence. Southampton are not a good side this season and they have not been playing well. They, they didn't come into the game with much confidence. But because we sit back and we let teams come on to us, we let them gain confidence as the, as the game goes on and then they feel like they can come and impose themselves on us when... Really, the idea of Southampton, especially this season, posing, imposing themselves on a Man United team is, is pretty ridiculous. Then in the second half, it was just a lot of huffing and puffing on, on our end and without really creating any great opportunities. Off the top of my head, I can't really remember one standout moment where you think we were unlucky not to score that or, you know, that was a brilliant chance. I can't believe I can't believe some, we've, we've missed that. We've not managed to score. There weren't really many moments like that that I can remember in the Southampton game. It was a really, really poor second half because you felt like after uh, after scoring the the, the the equaliser, you know, it took almost a foregone conclusion at that point that we would go on and win the game. We had all the momentum on our side. We were creating chances in that first half towards the end. And yet, as soon as we came out in the second half, we looked flat again. 
we were controlling the game a lot more than we did in the first half. We just didn't look like we were capable of cutting Southampton open and creating creating any kind of great opportunities that we would need to score. Don't want to dwell on the Southampton game too much, um, just because it went up me with me going back into a rant like the one I had after the Crystal Palace game because it was just an all-round extremely poor performance and there's, there's not really too much to be said about it. It was extremely similar to a lot of the performances we've had against smaller teams this season. And again, it, nothing looks like it's going to be changing anytime soon, unfortunately. And it was just another reminder of how poor this side is at the moment and how poorly coached they are as well. Um, and that's not something we can really we can really get around at this point. It's not just on the players. It is on the coaching staff too. Moving on now to our youth and loan roundup. Of course, couldn't go without this section this week. Actually, hasn't been too much action since the last time we spoke of you. spoke to you. Just the one game for our, our youth teams in the under-18s. They played, or I guess the under-19s as it is in this competition. They played in the UEFA, UEFA Youth League a uh, couple of weeks, or the same week that we played against Young Boys in the first team. They came out on top in a wild game with a 6-2 victory. Mason Greenwood yet again on the score sheet with two more goals added to his tally for the season. Aidan Barlow and Tahith Chong both scored penalties. And then we had Dylan Levitt and Damani Mella getting themselves a goal each as well. It was a crazy game in which United actually fell fell behind 1-0 to, uh, to Young Boys. And then after Greenwood scored two goals in five minutes, were pegged back to 2-2. It would remain that way until the 79th minute. And United would then go on to score four goals in the next 11 minutes to wrap up a 6-2 victory, which looks a lot more comfortable than it actually was. Like I said, an absolutely crazy game against young boys in the UEFA Youth League. But nonetheless, a good result for Nicky Butt's side there. Moving on to our, our loan players. Again, not too much action this week. Uh, all of our loan players, except Axel Twanzebe, uh, did not did not uh, see the pitch in, in their respective games this week. Twanzebe did, however, play the full 90 for Aston Villa as they ran out 3-0 winners against Middlesbrough. Great result for Aston Villa. And Twanzebe continues to to impress over at Villa Park. He's having a very good loan spell, uh, catching the eye in the championship and really having a very, very good season. And hopefully he'll be able to come back next season a much better player for the experience. Now, to very quickly end, uh, just a quick note on our next opponent, who is Fulham. Uh, we play them on Saturday, a 3pm kickoff for once. We seem to hardly ever have 3pm kickoffs now. Uh, playing them at home. Again, one of these one of these games that looks like it should be pretty comfortable on paper. Um, but one that we will probably mess up because that is exactly how we've been playing all season. Don't be surprised to see a 0-0 draw this weekend, I think, is uh, probably the most likely outcome. I mean, that is slightly me joking and slightly me being serious because... Judging by our recent performances, 0-0 probably is the most likely outcome for this game. Once again, it's a game you would expect United to win, but we can't really count on anything this season. The one thing I hope is that we go back to a back four. I really don't like us playing this five at the back. It, it is a formation I actually quite like in general, but I just don't think that we are well-versed in it enough. It doesn't seem like we train enough on it. Our players just don't seem to understand, especially defensively, how to make the system work. Because playing five or three at the back means that you get overloads in certain areas of the pitch and you really are able to to gain advantages in the, in those areas. But we aren't we just aren't taking advantage of those places on the on the pitch. We're trying to play everything through the middle when it should really be down the sides when you're playing in a back three or a back five to make use of those wing backs. And we really just aren't doing that. So I want us to revert back to a back four which our our players know a lot better. I hope Pogba comes back into the lineup because Regardless of how badly he might have played in the last few weeks, our team is just not the same without him. We don't have the same creativity. We aren't able to build attacks as fluently. 
Um, the one big negative that I didn't mention that came from the Arsenal game uh, was Anthony Martial going off injured. Obviously, got a, got a goal on his birthday, which was great. His seventh goal in his uh, seven last seven Premier League games, I believe, um, which was brilliant. And unfortunately, it looks like we're going to have to do without him against Fulham. I don't know the extent of his injury as I'm recording this. Uh, I'm sure you'll all be well aware of it by the time you're listening to this, um, probably in the next few days. So hopefully we'll know a little bit more and fingers crossed it's not too serious an injury because that would be a big blow for us. Martial has, has really been the only one of our strikers in any kind of form this season. Rashford's end product has been very poor. We all know we've talked a lot about um, Lukaku's bad form. So we really need Martial back in the side, especially as we approach the busy Christmas period. That is just about it from me. Sorry that Harry couldn't be here uh, be here with me. and I'm sorry you had to listen to just my voice for the last 20 minutes. But I hope you did all enjoy it. I hope I, I did okay on my first time doing the intro and outro for this podcast. Thank you so much again for listening, as always. Please leave us a, a like and a review on, on iTunes if you can. It does mean a lot to us, and, and the reviews really help us to improve what we're trying to do. We're always trying to change it up all the time and make sure we're giving you guys the best podcast that we possibly can. Things will be back to normal next week when me and Harry will both be here to review the Fulham game and preview our upcoming games in the next couple of weeks. Not the worst result to end on and not the most downbeat podcast of the season, although definitely still not an entirely happy one. But ultimately, it wasn't a terrible result against Arsenal and hopefully we can build on that this weekend for Fulham. If you want to uh, chat to either of us on Twitter about the games or any of our upcoming games, you can follow Harry at, on Twitter at HarryRobertson64. You can follow me at UTD Tate, T-A-I-T. And you can follow the podcast itself at UTD Weekly Pod. That's P-O-D at the end. Thank you all so much for listening. As always, have a great day. Goodbye. Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.